Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of James. Let's look at James chapter 1. And uh, we'll get into the word for just a little while tonight and see what else the Spirit of the Lord has for us. James, the first chapter. And uh, I want to notice a couple verses in James chapter 1. So, Father, I thank you for helping us tonight. Thank you for the spirit of prayer, the spirit of love that prevails in this place. For the love of God never fails. The love of God always supersedes. Hallelujah. And prevails over that which would try to hold us down and hold us back. Thank you for your great love. Your great, great love that resides on the inside. Thank you, Father, for it. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. James 1, 2 says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. He didn't say if you. He says when you. Now, the question would be is, can you really do that? Can you really count it all joy when you find yourself in a temptation? Well, the answer is this. Yes, you can. If you will be spiritually minded and not carnally minded. Because, you see, carnal people act like and talk like they feel on a continuous basis. But those who are spiritually minded and those that are given to the word and given to the spirit of God act like they believe. Now, if it felt like joy, you wouldn't have to count it all joy. It doesn't always feel like joy. And so that's when we count it all joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength, but the depression of the evil one is your weakness. So the question then tonight is, how can we do this? Verse 3 says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, it worketh patience. Now, we can count it all joy when we face different situations because we know something. And we get the information from the Word of God. We could say this, that we have inside information. Inside these 66 books right here, it spells to you and I, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Amen. These exceeding great and precious promises have not been given to us so that we can sit in a corner and feel sorry for ourselves. But they have been given to us that we might escape the corruption that is in this world and overcome everything that comes our way. And somebody said amen. Amen. So why should we be interested in this then? Well, verse 4 says, when we allow patience to have its perfect work in our life, then we will be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Brenda did a tremendous message today on what child is this. And one of the things she said about Jesus is that he is the prince of peace, the prince of shalom. The word shalom means wholeness, preservation. It means soundness, literally nothing missing and nothing broken. And so when we let this endurance, this perseverance on the inside of us have its perfect work, we're going to be found lacking nothing. Let endurance, steadfastness, and patience have full play. Let it do a thorough work in your life so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. When we look at the word patience, we look at the word endurance or consistency or constancy or steadfastness. You know, we tell each other all the time, well, just be patient. And that kind of sounds like, you know, just sit tight, buddy. Just hang in there. You know, it's almost Friday. No, that's not what patience means. Patient means to persevere. 
It means to constantly stay after it. It means to steadfastly hold fast and let patience do a thorough work in your life. Perseverance must finish its work in my life and in your life so that you can be mature and complete and lacking nothing. I'm here to tell you tonight that faith and patience are companions. They go together. Amen? It is not this passive waiting to see how something's going to turn out. But when you're operating in perseverance and endurance and the God kind of patience, you have a cheerful endurance. You have a cheerful expectation of you coming to the other side of whatever it is that's trying to hold you back. Say it with me. The testing of my faith, it produces perseverance. So cheerfully enduring the passage of time. How many of you know that time will try your trust? The passage of time will always try your trust. The word I have for you tonight is keep trusting anyhow. Keep expecting anyhow. Keep enduring anyhow. Amen? We do not have any more faith than we do patience. It's not enough for us just to believe God. We need to believe God until. You know, we can all start out in a faith project like a house of fire and quit. That's almost the same as never starting out anywhere. God does not want us to be quitters. He wants us to be endurers. Amen. This building that we sit in is a manifestation or example of the endurance and the patience of the people in this community, in this church right here. How many of you know something about patient endurance? Is it worth your while to wait? Now look with me in Hebrews chapter uh, 6 verse 11. I don't have a long word, but I have a good word for you tonight. Hebrews 6 11, it says this. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until what? Until the end. Now in verse 12 of Hebrews 6 it says that you be not slothful or do not be lazy. Do not be a quitter. But followers of them who through faith and patience and endurance have endured the promises. Have you an example in your life of someone that has gone through it but made it to the other side? You need to follow people like that. Follow their example as long as they are following Jesus Christ. Amen? You see, we live in a presto society. We live in a microwave society. Instant this, instant that, instant this, and instant that. How many of you know that God don't make no instant pudding? (laughs) In verse 12 says that you be not slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience inherit the promises. I say by the word of the Lord to you tonight, stay with it. Just don't quit. Go all the way. I've made the decision that I'm going to go all the way. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to finish the work that God has started in me. I'm going to complete what he's called me to do all the way to the finish line. How about you? How many of you are going with me to the finish line? So, we can't be lazy and do that. You know, I think about Caleb and Joshua. You know, they were kept out of the promised land because of the doubt and unbelief of the majority. They were the minority. 
And sometimes in life it seems like we are the minority. But you know what happens to the majority? The majority die in the wilderness, but the minority eventually get in to their promised land. Hallelujah. And so Caleb and Joshua are sitting around the fire camp one night. It's 40 years ago. And they looked at each other and said, hey, I'm as strong now as I was 40 years ago. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going in. Are you going in? Yeah, I'm going in. Wherefore, give me this mountain, they said. So don't let the passage of time deceive you and get you to think that you'll never arrive at your destination. The truth of the matter is, in the mind of God and the heart of God, you're already there. Somebody say with me, I'm going all the way, all the way to Healingville, all the way to Miracleville. Hallelujah, all the way to Breakthroughville. Now, Abraham's a great example of this as well. When Abraham, in verse 13, said, When God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Well, praise God, you can count on it when God starts swearing by himself. Saying, Surely I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, after Abraham had patiently endured, what did he do? Okay, so let's pull up Hebrews chapter 6, if we could, in verse 15. I know I'm moving quick, but that's all good. Hebrews 6, 15, it says, And so, after he had patiently endured, what did he do? He obtained the promise. Now, Abraham made some mistakes along the way. And you'll make some mistakes along your path. But you know what? As sure as you make a mistake, just get up, dust yourself off, and hit it again. You're not looking at a pastor that's never made mistakes. I can't lie to you and tell you I've never made a mistake. I've made a multitude of mistakes. But I do know one thing, that my Redeemer forgives and my Redeemer saves and my Redeemer has put me back on my feet so that I can fulfill all that he's called me to do. How about you? For decades. I mean, they went out out and had an Ishmael, which is a type of the flesh, trying to make things happen in their own strength and in their own way. How many of you know that does not work? But to Abraham and to Sarah, it looked like it would never happen. And for some of you here tonight, it may seem like it would never happen. It may look like it could never happen. But glory to God, we don't live like, seem like. We don't live like, look like. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We talk by faith. We see by faith. And we rejoice by faith. Hallelujah. And they got a miracle. Through faith. And patience. And so it works the same way for you and for me. And the flesh does not want to hear that. You know, you don't see a whole lot of patient seminars, patient seminars around the nation. You know? Come to Anaheim and we're going to do a seminar on patience. No, people may come for prosperity, but you see, the flesh does not want to hear about patience. Here's what the flesh says. The flesh says, get it now, anyhow. Get it now, anyhow. And the Spirit says, if you wait, it'll be great. Faith's got a traveling buddy. Faith's traveling buddy is patience. Now here's what needs to happen in my life and in your life. Our roots need to go down deep. We need to have some depth to our life. Some character to our lives. So when things get tough, we just don't quit. We just don't throw in the towel. We stick with it. We stay with what God's called us to do. Amen? Amen. Now in Hebrews chapter 12, and notice with me in verse 1. 
Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and the first verse, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. You can't very well run in a race if you've got a bunch of weights on you. So he says, lay aside those weights and get rid of that sin that God's been dealing with you for about decades now. And the sin, what's to so easily beset us, and let us run with what? Let us run with patience. Let us run with endurance. This race that is set before us. This race that God has placed us in is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And Brent and I decided about 30, 40 years ago, we're in this for the long haul. Like I said today, we'll, we'll be married 39 years this July, 40 years in the month of July of 2017. But every day that we have been married, we have been in full-time ministry. And I'm telling you, there's plenty of times we could have quit. There's plenty of times I was ready to call up U-Haul in the middle of the night, have him back that truck in, unload the household, and just take off to another destination. You know, the devil is the author of making the grass look greener on the other side. I got a word for you. The grass ain't greener on the other side because when you get there, you're still there. And if you have impatience over here, you're going to have impatience over there. If you have character defects here, you'll have character defects there. So don't be looking for any geographical cure. Amen? Get onto the spot where the glory comes out and let God saturate you and fill you with the Holy Ghost and get yourself some endurance on the inside of you and don't be such a baby. I heard the organ right there. Nah, I'm just having a little fun with ya. A little fun with ya. Run with patience. The race that is set before you. Got to settle into a faith pace. Got to settle into an endurance pace. And then Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look over there. Hebrews the 10th chapter. And notice with me in verse 35. Your faith is precious to the Lord. It pleases him. When you operate in patience. Praise God. It pleases the Lord. Hebrews 10, 35, he says, Don't cast away, therefore, your confidence, which hath a great recompense of reward. The question I have you tonight, does it pay to have faith in God? We need to be like that Energizer Bunny. You just keep going and going and going. You just keep believing and believing and believing. You keep shouting and shouting and shouting, dancing, 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 praising, 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 confessing, confessing, confessing. You just keep on, keep it on. And if you get knocked down, and you will... Get back up. You get knocked down, get back up. You don't quit. You don't throw in the towel. You endure. Now notice in verse 35. One translation says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, carries a great glorious compensation of reward, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. One person put it like this, don't throw it all away now. You were sure sure of yourselves then, it's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. So if everything 
happened overnight, like your flesh wants it to, Hebrews 10 wouldn't be relevant. He put Hebrews 10 in there for a purpose. Then in closing, I want you to look at Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. One of the things that the Holy Spirit has been ministering to me lately as a community, we need to be, we need to be praying for one another more. We need to be praying for one another more. And I want to I teach you on how that you can pray for one another on a regular basis. In Luke chapter 8, verse 5, it says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the falls of the air devoured it up. Some fell on a rock, as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Other fell on good ground, everyone say good ground, and sprang up and bare fruit and hundred. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath what? Ears to hear. Got your ears on tonight? Ears to hear. Let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said unto you, It is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now notice in verse 11, he said, Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Everyone say with me, the seed seed. is the word of God. God. Then he goes on to look at the various types of soil, the very different types of hearts and ground. He said in verse 12, those are they by the wayside. Are they that hear? Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So he comes immediately to rip out that word that you've heard. Brenda preached a masterpiece. And two services. I got to sit in two services today. At 9 and 11. I told her on the way to church, I could preach your message tonight. I'm not going to, but I could. I got so fed. But I've discovered this. You know, having been to many seminars and having been to many fine-tuning conferences, I've discovered this, that the enemy doesn't wait till tomorrow. He comes immediately. And he does does so through a myriad of ways. Sometimes just weird people. You know, it could even be a a brother or a sister. Could be a relative, an in-law or an outlaw. The enemy will use any means that he can to get this word out of your heart. Because he knows that once you get hold of this word and this word takes root in your life, then soon to come is the fruit of the word that it produces. Amen? And he doesn't want anybody bearing any fruit. So he comes immediately. He is a thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so that's why then we must be not ignorant of his devices, but make sure then that we are guarding our heart with all diligence. For out of our spirit flows the issues of life. One area that he tries to grab the word of God out of your heart immediately on is this love walk. I can remember Brenda and I, when we were just newly married, we'd been married about six months. I was got a great message ready to preach on the love of God, and we'd fight all the way to church. And, you know, some stupid thing happened. Maybe she was late, like she normally is. And, uh, and we get, get into Well, she got me from my big fat head this morning. She was talking about, 
You're talking about fat my head was. Big head. You might as well just to call me a fat head. See what I mean? Strife. You see? <laughs> but anyway. You go to a seminar on the love of God, man. I mean, you get pumped up. Love never fails. I'm patient. I endure long. Glory to God. I'm kind. Woo-hoo. And someone in the church cuts you off at the exit. Yeah. Your flesh rises up. Anyway, I think you get the picture. You got it. Verse 13. They that are on the rock are they which... Here receive the word with joy, and these have no root. No what? No root. Which for a while believe, and in a time of t- temptation fall away. I can't tell you the amount of people I've seen like this come through the doors of the church over the last 33 years. They were so gloriously happy to be hold of the word, but then all of a sudden something happened, you don't see them again. And... Uh, no, notice they heard the word, they received it with joy, no root, shallow soil, and so they got weary and quit. They were not able to endure. They were not able to make it through the whole season. Verse 14, and they which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and, the, and are choked with what? How many of you know that cares will rip the word right out of you? Fear is the opposite of faith. And riches. See, we can get so uh, obsessed with money and the paper chase that the paper chase really spoils God's word that's on the inside of us. See, there's a balance to biblical prosperity. And so we want to make sure that we don't enter into the arena of covetousness, if you will, and riches, and the pleasures of this life. The pleasures of this life. There's a lot of things that you legitimately can do, but it's not profitable for you to do. I'm going to say that over here. There's a lot of things that you legitimately can do that isn't necessarily a sin, but it's not profitable for you to do it. There are things that consume people's time. And those things that consume consume people's time then serve as a catalyst to get them out of the word, to get them out of church, to get them out of fellowship with other believers. And the next thing you know, they're as worldly as the next person that's living in the world. That is true. Now we are living in the world, but we're not of the world. So why... Would we, who are not of this world, that are living in this world, want to act like the world? Hey, this world ain't got nothing to offer you. Amen to that. Okay, so the pleasure of this life, you know. I got to get my 36 holes of golf in. I got to go do this. I got to do that. I got to go surfing. I got to do this. Got to do that. Got to go to this game. Got to go to that game. Pleasures of this life. Be careful. Be careful. Soccer on Sunday morning. Pleasures of this life. And are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Now what is it that assures us that we will want nothing? That we will be perfect 
That we will not be deficient. That we will be those like Abraham. Inheritors of the promise. Verse 15. But that on the good ground. Say I'm that. I'm on the good ground. Say it with me three times. I'm on the good ground. Say it together. I'm on the good ground. I'm on the good ground. And I am good ground. And you make the determination what kind of ground you are. Amen? Every one of us can be good ground. But then on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart or open heart, having heard the word, keep it. In other words, they do it. And they bring forth what? With what? With patience. This good ground is 30, 60, and 100 fold. What makes us good ground? What makes us good ground is we're people of high character. We're people of high integrity. We are not closet Christians. But we are up front with who we are and who we represent. Come on somebody. We keep it, we hear the word, and we are like bulldogs. You ever seen a bulldog grab a piece of meat? You just grab hold of the word of God. That's my verse. And we bring forth fruit with patience. Jesus said this, that in your patience you will Possess your souls. It will hold you together. One thing I know about our souls is our souls, our minds, our wills, and our emotions, they will try to fall out on us. But I tell you tonight, if God's word wasn't working for you, if your promise was not going to be realized, How come the devil's bugging you so much, telling you it'll never happen? Because it's happening right now. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? Let's all stand to our feet and give God praise. Amen.